Welcome to the Isekai Pod. My name is Matt, and I am Isekai Trash. I love it so much, I watch everyone I can, and very, very rarely do I not completely love them. So come along, let me share my overflowing love for the fantastic, the wonderful, the truly impossible Isekai genre. Overlord Season 1 by uh, Studio Madhouse, licensed by Funimation, aired from July 7th, 2015 to September 29th, 2015, 13 episodes. The source material is a light novel by Kugane Maruyama, 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 okay, Kugane Maruyama, (laughs) Japanese names, man. Uh, Today I have with me uh, my good friend Rico. Hey, everybody. Who also enjoyed this particular anime. Uh, It is great. Super great. If you didn't watch it because it has a weird name, Overlord, it's super great. So we're going to go through it. We're going to talk about it. uh, Season one, anyway. And um, I think by the end, you'll you'll also want to watch it. And maybe even read it. I don't know. So, like... Most isekai, as we've found out, is um, well, the the anime anyway is a um, good selling point for the light novels to get you interested in reading the material. But season one of Overlord introduces us to what's his name? What's his real name? I don't um I don't remember. I don't know that we ever knew his real name. I mean, I think we did. We knew his real name at some point. Um. So anyway, in season one, we're introduced to the online world of Yggdrasil. It's another dive, massive multiplayer online role-playing game, which are all of the rage in Japan at this point in time and other points in time. In 2126. This one, yes, is in 2126. So uh, Yggdrasil is about to go offline for the last time. We find the main character um, in... Their tomb of Nazarick, all of them all together, saying their final goodbyes um, and logging out for the final time before the server shut down. So one by one, all of the guardians of um, the great tomb of Nazarick um, start to log out, all except for one. Oh, Momonga. Momonga is is his character name. His character name. Yeah. um, Who (laughs) plays Ein's Ulgaon or... You'll come to find out. Lord Touch Me was a nice little joke there for a little bit. Well, Touch Me was a was one of the other was one of the other supreme beings. Yeah, oh, he's the one that saved uh, Ein's. Well, uh, Momonga when he was playing, uh, he was getting that player killed because oh, that was popular back in the. Back well, they were the a player game. versus player guild. Yeah, and so he was he was out, and uh, Touch Me came by and was like, "Yo, justice, not cool. Stop picking on this uh, undead dude." And then, you know, saved him, and so he thought, well, this is cool. And that's when he joined up, and eventually he became the guild master of, of Einzul Gon. Is that how it's pronounced? Not Gown? I think it's Gon, yeah. Well, it's probably Gon. So, as everybody logs out, uh, Momonga is the last to log out, and as he's expecting to get booted from the server, um, he finds out he does not get booted. So the servers go dead. He is stuck in the game. Well, before the servers go dead, though, he messed with Albedo's settings because he figured no harm, no foul. The server's about to go down. 
He's just because you know, he's just wandering around the tomb, you know. Hero, hero logs out, and he's like, "Okay, come back, you know. Well, hopefully, we'll see you in real life sometime." Ah. And he's like, "Well, I'll just I'll take a spin around the tomb one last time," and and you know, he sees some of the NPCs, and they're doing normal NPC stuff. They respond to specific commands only, not to anything. And he's like, "Yep, that's how they work." And he's like, "Okay." And then he sees Albedo, who's the um, leader of the Floor Guardians. Uh, and he he's reading her flavor script, and the person that made her at the bubbling teapot or Naga Naga Chow, whatever, a bunch of crazy names, <laughs> um, was was a big fan of lots of flavor text there, and and put put at the end that she was a slut, and he was like, well, I'm gonna change that. She slut or bitch? Well, yes, yes, a little column because because it's like B. bitch, but it, but in Japanese, when you refer to someone as bitch, it's more like slut. So, um. There's a bit of a, you know, there's a little bit lost in translation and a little bit of nuance. Um, and so he thought it would be fun to just like change that last line instead of her being a slut, be a, um, be madly in love with Momonga. And then, uh, you know, just waiting for the clock to count down. Tick, tick, tick. And then he wasn't forcefully logged out. So the server shut down. He isn't logged out and he's there in the throne room um, when all of the floor guardians the npcs in the tomb of nazareth um gather around him and he starts to converse with them and they start to converse with him back um all acting out as their personalities that are scripted when they were npcs but now they are actual live uh you can't say pcs they're they're all real now yeah they're they're all like real people as far as because he's it's dive massively multiplayer so you know to us it's an anime it looks like cartoons and whatnot but you know if you put yourself in that world it's like they're real it's like the the you know they're they're grotesques all of them but uh, i mean you know some of them are hot but um but yeah he orders he orders albedo to to gather the floor guardians in the arena um then he goes down there to the arena to to hang out and you know see what's up and so uh in, in episode two the floor guardians are introduced almost all of them some of them didn't come Some because they don't got get introduced until way stuff later, to do or whatever. Yeah. They were, you know, they they have to stay on their floor or whatever. They're too big. Gargantuan, for instance, doesn't come to the floor guardian meeting because he's like twice as tall as the forest. Later in the second season, you see him throwing a giant rock into the lake, and you're like, oh, I guess that's why he didn't come to the meeting because he's got freaking huge. <laughs> and the primary floor guardians that you will see through uh, all three seasons, actually. But as we get introduced in Floor 1, um, we get Demiurge, who's like um, a demon in a pimped-out suit with glasses. Guardian of the seventh floor. Yep. Um, probably the most tactile of all of the other Guardians. Then you have... Now, is this pronounced Mare? Mar- Mare, I Mare? Yeah. Mare. Um, then you have Shaltir, Albedo, um, Sebus, who's actually in charge of... Not any of the floor guardians, but he's in charge of the what was the group of those maids called? The Pleiades, the Pleiades, combat yeah, maids, the yeah. combat maidens. Um, and his who, his name is fun because it's uh, Sebus, and then his last Sebus. name is Tian, so Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Sebastian, but it's two names. They split that in half, and he's fun. He's he's fun. He was he was created by uh, uh, Lord Touch Me, and so that's why he has his his. Um, Sense of justice. It's the great tomb of Nazareth, and they are um, 
you know, they're grotesques and they, they are, they're meant to be sort of evil and, and hate humans and things like that. But that's because their guild was a, um, it was an undead guild. Yeah. They were, they were, they were fiends. It was, they, they were fiends. They were fiends. Yeah. They were all supposed to be a non-human, um, and, and of that kind of ilk. Who did know, I, who did I leave out? I said Sebus. Like oh, um, Cocytus. I got Sheltier. Cocytus. Cocytus. I think it's Cocytus. Cocytus. That's how he's they call a, him in English. He's kind of a weapons master. Big giant blue bug. Insect. With yeah. a insect with four arms. Um, carries a lot of weapons. Yeah. Who always always screaming. In yeah. the in the books, it's all caps. <laughs> and it's, so it's it's not necessarily that he's screaming. And I think that plays out in the anime and that he's just loud. But in the books, everything he says is all caps. So you know that he's being loud. I don't, I don't think he doesn't have a different volume. And uh, Mara has a twin sibling named um, Aura. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're sisters, right? Uh, well, they're twins. One of them is male and one of them is female. The one that dresses feminine with a skirt is male. Oh, and the okay. one that wears pants and dresses like a boy female. is female. That's the joke. Um, it's just their creators. Uh, weird taste. They're dark elves. One of them is a trap. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and that's mentioned in the show that, you know, that the... Um, you know, their creator just thought it was better that way. So, you know, um, Shaltier. I got Shaltier. Okay. She's a true vampire, true vampire. And she's pretty badass. Guardian of the first through third floor. Yes. The first three for us. Yep. So throughout the majority of the first season, you have, um, Eins who will gown goon. Gown. I keep mispronouncing it. Gown. Gown. Eins Ulgon, um, who's basically has to now realize that um, Yggdrasil is very much real to him, and the Guardians are very much real to him. He gets the ability to smell, which yeah. you couldn't do in the game before because it was just a dive MMO, um, and the ability to feel as well. So he has now been transported from the real world into... What is now Yggdrasil. And he spends zero time trying to figure out how to get back. Yep. He he tries to use the GM call function, realizes that doesn't work, and then he's just like, guess we're here now. Yep. <laughs> so the story progresses. He's trying to get the lay of the land to see, A, um, if there are any other of his guildmates that are still in the world, and just how powerful he is, the limits um, that he had in the game, or the limits he didn't have, rather, in the game, um, if they all persist now that he is stuck in Yggdrasil. And there are a couple high points. Um, he rescues a little girl and her sister. Yep. When he's using a magic mirror from within the tomb to, to sort of check out what's going on around and he sees these soldiers attacking this village and he's like, eh, okay, that's a thing that's happening. Cool. But then he's, he's reminded of, uh, touch me and his sense of justice. And he's like, you know what? Eh, I could go mess with them. Why not? Let's, let's go see what happens. And that's, that's when he meets Enri and her, uh, little sister, Nemu, Nemu, whatever. doesn't matter. Nemu. Yeah. Yeah. Creates a, creates a death night. Just for giggles, goes out there with uh, Albedo. Watch it in English. I watched it in Japanese. With I've subtitles. watched it in both. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've watched it a bunch of times. I love this show. It's so good. But yeah, he goes out and uh, you know he's uh, he saves Henry and um, oh no, he's with Albedo and she's in her full armor, which is awesome. And he's wearing a silly mask 
to uh, to to you know because his face is a skull and that would you know that freak people out because so he's, he's like, a fiend. I'm gonna put on a mask, you. so he puts on a goofy like mask that he got at the Christmas it's like a Kabuto mask event, yeah, and um, that's where he gave Henry the the horn, the the goblin horn, the horn of the goblin general or something like that. Um, two of them, just like you know, if you if you ever run into trouble, just blow this and uh, like a, a you know some goblins will show up and they'll be your friends, they'll help you. They they won't hurt you at all. Though you'll command them. <laughs> Just like okay, but yeah, he sends out a death knight and tells it to kill all the people that look like the soldiers he just killed. <laughs> and so the death knight just <laughs> goes out and does his thing. <laughs> and uh, you know he's like, okay, so he follows after that death knight and is like, okay, we should probably stop the death knight at some point. But the soldiers are losing their stuff and and crying, and one of them's begging. It's good good times. They've never seen this kind of thing, and they are freaking right out. And uh, at the end of that episode, Gazaf is out looking for survivors because he's uh, the he's the strongest knight in the kingdom, uh, the royal guard, whatever. And so he's you know, but he's he was a former commoner, and so he cares about the people. And so he's looking for survivors and trying to help out in this situation. I was going to say we were introduced in the first season to Gazaf, who we will see Gazaf Stronoff. Yep, through the entirety of the other two seasons and we're also introduced to brain um in the first season yep who is another warrior brain unglaus yep and then we're also introduced to oh what's the uh boy in the platinum armor climb climb i wanted to call him hit for some reason but that wasn't right we're also introduced to climb (laughs) these are side characters in yggdrasil who um, I guess I assume at one point we're NPCs, but now because Yggdrasil is real, oh, no, they're they've just they just exist in this world. They, oh, okay, they weren't oh. in Yggdrasil, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're they're just inhabitants of this world that uh, Momonga at this point has found himself in. Um, we also meet the Sunlight Scripture of the Slain Theocracy, one of the uh, one of the countries in this world. This is why I need to read the light novels because I want to learn more about them. Because we don't learn an awful lot about them. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bit more flavor in there. I mean, the, the anime really covers the broad strokes and, and key points. It leaves out only bits and pieces, and you get a lot more. Just like with all books, you get a lot more of like psychological and what's going on in people's heads and stuff that you don't really can't get in a show. Um, but that is that is the fun part in episode four when uh, the sunlight scripture is there to kill Gazif and lure him out and whatnot and. Uh, Momonga has now taken on the name Ainz. He's told him his name is Ainz instead of Momonga. And he's like, I'm Ainz. And uh, he saved this village. And Gazaf is like, hey, can you come help me with these dudes? And he's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. But here, take this little trinket for giggles. And he said, you know, Gazaf goes out to to fight the Slain Theocracy. They're kind of, uh, they're kind of BA. Yeah, they're pretty strong. They, uh, they're, they're magic casters and whatnot. And Gazaf is just a warrior. Just, just the strongest warrior in the kingdom. The strongest warrior of just this a warrior, not a magic caster. Yeah. <laughs> so warriors are kind of weak to magic casters. You know, magic casters can hang back and cast magic at you. So anyway, um, he kind of holds his own for a minute. Uh, but they are magic casters, and they do have uh, cool spells they can cast. They so, summon these angel yeah. type things that um, cast. I forget what level of holy magic. Uh, I think it's like mid tier, low level. Yeah, yeah. The, like, their trump card is a level is a tier six, six. Yeah, uh, spell, and that's supposed to be the greatest that they've that they know of. You know, uh, spoiler alert: Eins can do tier ten and super tier magic as well. So six is. 
garbage <laughs> to Heinz and to any other like player characters that would exist in this world that would have come from Yggdrasil. They'd probably have been high level and probably could do 10 mm-hmm. or better super tier. So the little trinket um, that Heinz had given to Gazif, um turned out to be super handy because as Gazif was fighting um, the slain theocracies, magic casters with their angels, it looked like it was the end for Gazif. Yep. Until he was getting the, he was getting ragdolled. <laughs> he was until at the final moment, um, <clears throat> the item that Ainz gave Gazif came into play, and then Ainz and Gazif magically switch places. Gazif finds himself back in the storeroom with the villagers, and they're like, "He's like, what, what, what's going on?" And they're like, "Oh, well, uh, that guy was here until just now, and now you're here." And Gazif's like, "Oh, he switched places with me. Wild." <laughs> And this is where Ainz really gets the first test of his capabilities fighting these angels because, as Matt said, um, they pull out their trump card, which is a, a tier six holy spell, and Ainz uh, takes it. Yeah, he lets it. He lets it. He lets him hit it because he wants he to needs find to out know. how strong he is. He yeah. needs to know whether he can be harmed by this and, nonsense. Uh, it didn't even didn't even fray his robes yeah it, actually. it did scratch him and he was like oh this is what pain feels like <laughs> and albedo she loses her mind but um he's like calm down <laughs> and he uses a black hole yep it's like he, black hole uh wipes out uh the slain theocracies the, the slain theocracy oh, slain theocracies <laughs> shock troopers with uh relative ease even gives them a chance to um surrender before he decides to kill them he's like hey you can surrender now um or i'll I'll just kill you and they opt not to surrender so he kills them in in grand fashion yeah yep and this is when you find out that um like a lot of other isekai that you've heard about uh the the protagonist is pretty overpowered i love it and it is the best way for it to be at least for me i need to see an overpowered protagonist it's just more fun that way yeah i mean uh, conflict and blah 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 who cares show me this dude just living it up i guess it's a seven tier spell their one trick is oh is it spell yeah yeah you're right big angel you're right yeah but he can do 10 and super tier so like 10 normally in super tier with some casting but Anyway, yep, he goes back to the Great Tomb of Nazareth and tells all the floor guardians uh, there that he's, uh, he's going to be known as Einzul Gon now, the name of their guild, and he's going to spread the name of Einzul Gon. And, the, you know, his purpose for that, his purpose for that is that if his, he's really, he's really hanging on to hope here that some of his friends from the guild might have also made it into this world spoiler alert they definitely did not they are not they had logged off they they are not there i mean through all the light novels so far they're not there now that's not to say that maybe somehow someday they'll be there but don't count on it man um but that's his plan is if the name eins will go and get spread about the land maybe they'll be like oh i know that name that's our guild name somebody else is here i could go find him and then he wants to hook up he's lonely man he's lonely he think you know as far as he knows and as far as we know he's the only player, the only PC left logged into the game to this world from Yggdrasil. So anyway, he decides it's time to go play adventure. He takes on the 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 name Momon and uh, takes one of the uh, Pleiades with him, Narbriel. And uh, is that her name? Narbriel. Yeah, yeah, sort of something like that. Narbriel, Narbriel, something like that. And this is my she favorite. She becomes Nabe. Persona 
of Ainz. It is fun. Is when he plays the, the Black Knight Momon. And he puts on the, the warrior armor, which means he can't cast, because he's a great caster. As as, as Momonga slash Ainz, he's, you know, he's... He's a super tier caster. Top tier caster. There's and, uh, nobody stronger than him. When he puts on this seen. armor that he uses for Momon, he cannot cast, but it gives him great warrior abilities, which, as we'll find out, good enough. <laughs> More than good enough. Uh, so he goes and registers to become a um, adventurer, guild adventurer. Or adventurer guild member. Yep. And they're all listed by tiers. You get bronze, silver, gold, platinum. Um, copper, copper. The, oh, the lowest, copper. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, copper. copper. Yeah, and then there's uh, one above that. He tries to take some some quests, and the the lady's like, "You can't. Coppers can't do this." And he's coppers like, "But I can definitely quests. do this." And he can't read the quests, and so he's just like, he just grabs one, and he's like, "This one," and she's like, "Oh, that's like a silver quest. You can't do that." And he's like, "Well, we could definitely, we can do it for sure. You should just let it. We'll show you." And she's like, "You can't do it." And he's like. All right, you pick one for us then that we can do because he can't read the language. And he's like, so it's kind of a nice workaround to be like, okay, you pick one then. <laughs> then he meets up with the Swords of Darkness, uh, which is just their silly little name for themselves, a little party. They're another little party of of adventurers. Well, they they're they're, they're all adventurers. Yeah, and they're they're like, hey, you can come with us, come hang out with us. You know, we're cool. I mean, we're not. We're not douchebags. You can you just join up with you know, you're making a lot of noise over here about how you're awesome, and that's fine. So uh, if you want to do some higher level quests, just join up with us. We're sure you're fine. You're probably you probably mean what you say. Just it's fine. Come with us. You don't have to do these scrub quests. Just we'll be it'll be fun. But I guess I guess it's important to note that when he entered the inn originally, uh, there was a bit of a scuffle with some some douchebag adventurers i guess they were that uh you know tried to trip him or whatever you know just being being douches and whatnot and uh got into a little bit of scuffle and uh britta was there and part of the fight uh she lost a potion she had been saving up so much to buy a really expensive healing potion and a blue healing potion which comes into play later yeah, and he, you know, she gets she gets mad, and she's like, "Hey, how, who's going to pay for this potion?" And he's like, "I think you should make these adventurers pay for it." They started the fight. She's like, "They can't afford it, buddy." And since he doesn't want to, you know, it's first day as an adventurer, first day in this town, he's like, "Okay, I'm not going to make an issue of this here. Just take this red one. You'll find it's perfectly uh, uh, compensatory." It's an, yeah, it's an acceptable trade. It's fine. So what does she do with it? She's like, "What is this red potion?" So she goes finds the, uh, you know, the alchemist the in town, alchemist. the chemist, and is like, uh, "Appraise this," and he loses his mind. He's like, "This is amazing. Who because gave you this red potion? Need this don't exist. Yeah, they their best healing potion is a blue potion, and it degrades over time. Yep. Yada yada yada. But the red one that from Yggdrasil does not. It is amazing because it comes from Yggdrasil. Anyway, um. So, uh, what led me back there? Oh, because when he's talking to the Swords of Darkness, he's about to go on this quest with them. Yep. And Inferia shows up and is like, I'd like to hire the the black, you know, the raven black dude. Uh, and he's like, how do you know who I am? And he's like, well, I, I heard uh, you gave a potion to an adventurer and she came to me to get, <clears throat> to get it appraised. Uh, so, I know that you're amazing. So, I need you to 
I want you to be my escort. And he's like, oh, sorry, I can't do that. I've accepted a quest with these dudes and wouldn't be wouldn't be right, you know, buddy. Right. I mean, I said I'd do a thing with them. And Inferior's like, no, but I need you. And he's like, well, and they're like, dude, you should go with Inferior. He's like, he's like pretty well known in this town. He's kind of he's up there, buddy. I mean, he's not powerful, but he does have a special skill. But talent. He's yeah, got talent. And they're like, they're like, oh, you should take it's fine. It's fine, uh, Momon. It's totally cool if you go. And he's like, it's not cool, guys. I said I'm a man of my word. I said I'd come with you. And now this dude wants me to come with you. Come on. And he's like, you know what? What if they all come? What if we all go together? And the fairy's like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> Let's go, champ. <laughs> so that leads us off into um, he, he goes as 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 escort to help Inferia gather herbs and stuff and, and visit the Carne village, which just happens to be the village that was being attacked and whatnot. Um, and this becomes one of my favorite episodes, gets into the next episode, episode six, when he goes into um, this village and he has to fight those big-ass giant ogres. Yeah. And the goblins. On the way, yeah. On the way. Um, because they were, uh, was it Carne village? Carn village? Whatever. Yeah, Karn, probably. Yeah, Karn, Carne, whatever. It just looks like Carne, so I just keep yeah, saying it Carne. <laughs> it's Karn um, Village. <laughs> and we find out that um, Ainz, now Momon, is just as badass a warrior as he is a spellcaster. Oh, yeah. Um, the weapons he has are of epic level. His armor is fantastic. And in fact, he I don't think he ever has to use um, Nabe for anything other than reconnaissance, if oh, I remember correctly. Oh, he lets her fight, though, yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's like, you do a thing, and she like shoots lightning at a couple of them, like yeah. Them. It's never a point where you ever have to worry about uh, Mamon being overtaken by these ogres and goblins because he is that overpowered. Did I lose? I lost you in my ear. Uh oh, I'm still here. I'm sure of it. Say something. I'm still here. Yeah. Can you hear me? I mean, I can't hear you. But oh, you can't hear you're... me. Okay. But I'm still recording. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So, um, they go and they um. Free, uh, Karn Village, um, essentially. Um, and they do something in Karn Village before they press on into the woods, don't they? Well, they notice that there, there's some goblins and now a, a, like a wall or a fence that wasn't there before. And they're like, what's that about? And the goblins come out and are like, whoa, whoa, what are you guys doing? Uh, you can't, who are you? What do you want? And then is like, I'm... I know Henry and Henry comes running out and he's like, what's, what's the deal with the goblins? She's just like, Oh, well, you know, our village got attacked and we were saved by this dude and it was great. And he gave me this horn. And now I have some goblins that like help out and we've built a wall because <coughs> monsters and soldiers are now attacking us. I don't know what that's about. That's wild. We've never had to deal with that nonsense before. We're just a lowly village. We farm. We're farmers. What the heck? And, uh, she mentions, she mentions, uh, Ein's, who saved her, and uh, you know she tells him Fairy about Albedo because Ainz had called her Albedo, his companion that was with him, and Dum um, uh, Dum Nabe uh, <laughs> lets slip that uh, she says something about Albedo, and Inferia hears it, and he puts two and two together, and is like, "Yo, so you're Ainz? You saved these people? Thank you." And I'm just like, "Uh, let's." Let's keep that under wraps, huh? And he's like, "Oh no, no, no! I'm not going to tell anybody. I just, I just want. I am in love with Henry, by the way. And uh, thank you for saving her. I owe you everything." And he's like, "Okay, I guess I'll let it pass. Then I should definitely kill you." <laughs> 
he he goes he goes hard on Nabe for oh yeah slip yeah he, and he, he it is her, her fault I mean why can't she keep her stuff together I mean he's like it's because she detests humans as much as um Albedo does no for sure but like she hates all humans and the supreme being tells you to play this character and you're just gonna you you let your emotions take over and you let slip some stuff and things happen and now Inferia knows a secret. You know, secret in quotes, because it's not like a super secret. It's not important, but, you know, he's trying to do a thing here, you know, just trying to be low key and get his adventure on, you know, but. um, That takes us. That's pretty much the end of episode six um, and the introduction of Mum on the, the Black Knight. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we we're, we got into episode seven, seven. though, with him knowing yeah. who he is and they find out about the uh, wise king, wise of, the king forest. of the forest. Good times. I mean, kind of, I guess. I expected the wise king of the forest to not be a big fat hamster with a lizard tail. <laughs> yeah. I expected it to be better than that. But so did I. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. But it's, it's a pretty smart hamster. But, yeah, but uh, he not- goes into the forest. He beats the wise king of the forest with a level one dread aura spell. Yeah. To make it scared of him. And he's, he's super he's super nonplussed by him being yeah. a giant hamster. He's like, <sighs> All right, <laughs> because he wanted the the wise king of the forest. He wanted to recruit the wise king of the, the wise king of the forest to a get information, and b come help protect um the tomb of Nazareth. He was looking for more, but not that he needs them because all right. of the all of the Thar guardians are super op. Yeah, not that he needs them, but uh, he subdues the wise king of the forest and goes back into town. Yep, with the big stupid fat hamster. Back to Erantel. Yep, Erantel, and everybody is entirely shocked because he is he's riding, he's riding the, the wise hamster. king of the forest yeah <laughs> it looks ridiculous it does it looks but everybody it else looks is dumb. in awe like oh wow that's amazing and i'm just like i look ridiculous you people are silly this isn't amazing this is embarrassing <clears throat> but he has to go register uh the wise, you know uh, hamsky yeah hamsky. as he calls him he has to register him with the guild so he splits off from the swords of darkness they go uh, with um, Inferia back to his house, back to his little hut. Yep, to to you know collect their pay for this adventure and whatnot, and that's where they are met by um, Clementine. Oh man, I almost forgot about this episode until she... I looked it up. This episode broke my heart, not because oh, I mean, it just broke my heart because I was really starting to it, like. It this sets group. the tone for the it entire does, show, does. not um, just the season, but all season. It sets the tone. I mean, people, adventures, and and characters that aren't Eins and anyone associated with the Great Tomb of Nazareth that you meet, they're likely to die. Okay, that's just you. Just we're straight on Front Street here. The adventures he just was with, they were having a good time, getting along great. Clementine shows up, kills them all, kills them all, every single one. Of them. Takes Inferia. Kills um the grandma who No um, no the grandma lives. Does the grandma live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She has to hire Eins. Oh, that's right. That's right. But kills give, all of the swords of darkness. Give him everything. Kills them all, yeah. every single one of them. Yep. Slaughters them and leaves them for dead in um the, the little cottage. Yep, and that silly, silly, stupid necromancer dude turns them into zombies. Oh, I forgot about times. that part. Because because yeah. Eins shows up. Well, he meets he after he registers Hamsky, he meets Lizzie, uh Inferia's grandma. And he's like, oh, I was just heading back that way uh, to collect, you know, my portion. Uh, let's go together. And they go and they show up and all these dead, you know, the dead party members. And he's like, uh oh. And they go looking and Fury is not there. And she's like, and the zombies attack and he has to kill them, you know, again. Not again for him, but they have to die again. 
Um, <laughs> but he's like, you know what? I can, I think you should hire me. <laughs> it's all business, Momon. All business, this dude. He gets no human emotion whatsoever. He's like, you should hire me to uh, save your grandson. I can, I can probably locate him, but I, I've completed my quest mm-hmm. that I was hired for. So, yeah, I'm not beholden to you for anything we, right now, but yeah. you are more than welcome to offer me a job and hire me. And he's know, like, "What would s- you? What would you? What would you offer?" And she's like, "Anything, everything." And he's like, "I'll take it. I'll everything. take everything. Yep, Let's, every single." And she's bit like, "What of do it. you mean?" And he's like, "You said, what do you do? You want your grandson saved or what?" And she's like, "You're awful, <laughs> but yes." So he locates. Uh, he figures out where Inferia is at with some spells, some some spell scrolls <laughs> to locate. Scared. They're in the uh, graveyard. And he's able to remote view and see that uh, Inferia's got this little crown on, this little head thing that uh, is the reason they stole him, because he's able to use any magic item. That's his special talent. Um, and uh, he's surrounded by an army of the undead. And uh, Momon takes Nabe and says, you know what, Lizzie, go and inform the guards, inform the, the, you know, the people that defend this town of what's going on. I'm going to go do the thing. But definitely tell them I'm going to go do. I need them to gather to see that I do the thing because it is all about his reputation. Yeah. He needs not only the name Eins needs to be spread, but now this um yeah. this Momon and character. it's pointless for him to go save somebody without anybody knowing. Yeah, you know he's not Jesus. Um, <laughs> so he goes, he leaps over the wall. You know him and Hamsky and and Nabe are well. He has to eventually. Nabe has to carry Hamsky. Hamsky's scared. A little stupid giant hamster. Um, and he swaths through this army oh, yeah. of the undead. Like they're just sticks, yeah. twigs. Before he gets into the the final confrontation with Clementine. he And the, there are guards there on the wall now because Nabe is informed to them. They see him just cut down this entire army of the undead. It's pretty impressive. Yep. It's and pretty he, impressive. And he meets up with uh, Khajiit and Clementine. And he decides Nabe can take uh, Khajiit after Khajiit saying something. Or no, um, one of the sorcerers around Khajiit lets loose some information, which doesn't end up being all that consequential. But it is information and, you know, loose lips sink ships. <gasps> I almost forgot about that fight between Nabe and Khajiit. Oh, yeah. Where he summons uh, two giant skeletal, skeletal dragons. dragons yep. and um, Who are immune to magic. Magic, yeah. Quote, end By quote. the way, yeah, quote unquote, <laughs> immune to magic. So, uh, and Nabe is fighting as as she's a caster, yeah, for for she, purposes of of being this, uh, you know, in, in this adventure team. Yeah. But she's using not much of her power, very very little. I in fact, it way down. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she even uses magic for the first part of the fight. Um, I think she casts some lightning and stuff, but she's casting this stuff at these skeletal dragons, and they're just kind of brushing it off. And he's like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" You know, they're, they're immune to magic. This is your worst nightmare. You guys picked the wrong, because if the warrior Momon had faced the skeletal dragons, he could have gone in brute force and cracked them up because they're just skeletal dragons. But unfortunately, Nabe, the caster, fought them, and Khajiit thought, well, we've got this locked up because you dumbly split the wrong way. Yeah. You left the caster to fight the magic immune dragons. Well, she toys with him for a while. It's good times. <laughs> it's it's good times. Because <laughs> what did I did I write down what they are immune to? Oh, the, I'm getting ahead of myself. But No, I think we're there. Oh, yeah. So they're immune to six and below. The two skeletal, it turns out. Turns out. But in this world... Immune to six and below basically means they're immune to all magic. 
at least magic that they have experienced in this world before the people of this world yeah, yeah the people yeah they think six is like the realm of the gods that that tier six <laughs> which is funny um but yeah momon go, momon slash Ains goes off to fight clementine she mm-hmm. is so much fun uh so much fun i think the english adaptation of her is really great she is hilarious but she's taunting she feels like she's the greatest there ever was uh, she's she's killed tons of of baddies she figures that oh she lets loose that only gazif and possibly brain could be her equals and so she doesn't fear anybody because those are some strong, strong fighters. Gazif, the strongest in the kingdom. Brain, who nearly matches Gazif, nearly. Bested by Gazif, just barely. And so she feels pretty confident in her skills. And she fights uh, Momon. And uh, it goes really well. She kills Momon. She's amazing. <laughs> no, she definitely does that not. That doesn't happen at all. There is one point where she does stab uh through both of his eyes yeah he lets um, her though he lets her having fun yeah and he plays it too like ah you got me like and um but the the ruse was to get her in close to him because uh she being um a combat character uh a fighter she's really fast she's faster than he is yeah so he gets stabbed in the eyes so he can get her close and this is where it gets hardcore he wraps both of his arms around clementine and then crushes her to death. He hugs her to death. He hugs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hugs her to death. It's adorable. And the entire time, this goes on probably for maybe four or five minutes. He is taunting her the entire time, um, and she can feel her bones breaking and cracking um, as he just squeezes her to death. This is how he kills her. Yeah. This is how Clementine meets her demise. She gets crushed to death in his arms. It is a thing of beauty. And you cheer for it because she just wiped out all of those adventures that we'd come to know and love for about two and a half episodes. Yeah. It was a shame. We'd gone close to them. But I well, I did. I missed them. But I, I cheered when I saw it happen. I was like, oh, Eins, you're so genius. Get her close and then just crushes her to death. And it's a pretty hardcore death. Um, like blood spurts out of her mouth and um she dies there in his arms. It's oh god, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it. Yep. Yep. Ainz yep crushes yep. her body with both arms. Yep, they save her. they save Inferia and uh Ainz contacts Albedo uh, to give her some info and oh, Albedo that says right. that Shaltier has rebelled. And he's like, What? Well, that's wild. Um, so he goes back. Um, oh, wow. Are we that far already? Yeah, we sure are. Oh, yeah. He goes back and gets uh, promoted to... Oh, he gets promoted mithril to rank. Mithril rank. Yeah. Um, and that's when he contacts Albedo when he's in his room. He's like, oh, some stuff just happened. Here's a report. And she's like, Shaltier has rebelled. And he's like, whoa, what? So then we kind of skip back to um, what was happening chronologically at the same time. While as, he was mama. Yeah, while he was doing his thing, Shaltier... Sebus and Solution had gone out on a mission to collect intel and find warriors with martial arts that they've learned have existed in this world. And they're like, cool, let's find some tough fighters and we can maybe learn some stuff from them, maybe take them, you know, kill them, undead them, whatever, you know, just they'll, they'll be helpful for now. Yeah, to bolster their ranks for um, everything, Nazarick. everything, for everything the for Nazarick. tomb. Yeah, everything he does is for the tomb of Nazarick and his name. 
so they're they're having a good time. There's wonderful stuff happening. Hilarious uh, play where Solution is playing like she's like some princess or something, and Sebas is her butler when in fact he's the leader of the Pleiades. Um, <laughs> That's a great act. It is fun. It is fun because she's like, "This is weird," and he's like, well, "This is what we've been commanded to do, so let's do it." It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Rank doesn't matter. What we've been commanded to do is what we've been commanded to do. Let's do the thing. Um, and these last four episodes move by pretty quick oh, because yeah. it's mostly in the city looking for martial arts. Uh, there was another point in one of these episodes where um, I really began to love um, Cebus. Is I think this is another episode uh, 11 or 12 when there's that um, blonde-headed little girl outside of the whorehouse who's been left for dead after she got beat up and smacked around. That's season two. Oh, is it? Yep. Never mind then. We'll talk about <laughs> we'll that next time. <clears throat> Uh, but Talk yeah, about so that next time. <clears throat> Shaltier makes her entrance and she's she kills a bunch of these dudes and finds out there's not a strong fighter. But she figures out where these bandits, uh, where their hideout is. And she's like, we'll go there. Maybe there's a strong fighter there. And so they oh, go there. Wow. She, I completely forgot about this episode. Oh, yeah. She rapes through, you know, their defenses and just she is just terrifying everyone. They're all running. And Brain is like, oh, we meet Brain. And Brain's like. Ooh, a strong fighter. Let's go champ. Oh, I remember this episode now. And he pops out, and uh, she's uh, totally B.A., and he's he realizes that he cannot do anything She vamps to out, her. full-on vamps out, too. Yeah. You no longer see prim and proper Sheltier. Yeah, and he, she gets the ugly, blood frenzy. You see haggard, blood-frenzied yeah. vampire Sheltier. And that's that's part of her flaw, is she's quick to the blood frenzy, and mm. once she's blood frenzying, it's... She loses herself. Yeah, her tongue looks like a lamprey, and her mouth becomes circular with razor sharp teeth. It's gross. It's (laughs) terrifying. But she scares the crap out of uh, Brain, and uh, he uh, runs. He runs, Uh, tries to escape. What's his special move called? I want to say Absolution? Like uh, God Flash? God Flash, that's it. He uses that one in a field. He has field, um, which is a martial art, which allows him to, you know, intercept anything that comes into his field. It's um, it's his supreme her, martial art, and what freaks him out is because he uses this uh, God Flash against Shaltier, and um, he manages to break a nail. Nope, not yet. No, not in this one. Shit. Okay. And season two, uh, season season two, he does. Damn. Yeah, in season one, he's these compl- episodes must have gone by really, really fast. She's just like ting, 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 blocking his sword with her nails. Nothing happened, and she's like, "This is fun." Ha 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 ha. Oh, and he's like, "Scared brain." Oh, I'm out. <laughs> and so he takes off. He tries to escape. Uh, he does escape clearly, um, but she um, she pops back out of their little hideout cavey cavey hole, and there are some adventurers there that have been sent to to take care of these bandits, and. Uh, they have the misfortune of running into her and she defeats all of them. But then she meets up with a group from apparently the slain theocracy, one of the other scriptures, and they use a um, item on her. And at the same time as she's attacking them, the item activates and brainwashes her basically, but she's able to kill the person that did it. (laughs) So now she's just um, under their control, but with no orders. She's literally standing there yep. in the middle of a field um, out of Blood Frenzy vampire form now in full armor with her weapon. And she's just standing there because she's been mind controlled yep. and has no orders but to no orders whatsoever. And it's because didn't she damage the user who used the yeah. item on her, yeah. which is why they weren't able to give her orders because she had essentially she ran killed them, them off, killed them, probably killed them. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the, the notes say she wounded them, but I'm. Fairly I'm pretty sure she, sure killed, she killed them. 
And so they were able to activate the item, but they died. So now she's under control of this item. Um, And so the guild finds out there's all this talk of a vampire and uh, Momon knows who it is. He knows it's Shaltir. And uh, so he's like, I'm going to go take care of this for you guys. Right. So I'm a mithril now. I'm going to go do it. You guys, this is not, I've, he goes into this thing. I've been chasing this vampire from where I was previously. No need for backstory guys. Don't worry about it. Just, I've been chasing her. She is way more powerful than anybody here can deal with. Only I can deal with her. And some other adventurers are like, BS, uh, we're going too. And he's like, she will kill you. And they're like, whatever. Who are you? Mithril like, you came out of nowhere. Now you're a mithril. We'll see. So they go, you know, he goes back to the tomb, gathers his forces, does his thing, makes his preparations, gathers all the world items to the NPCs, the floor guardians, like, you're going to need these. I'm going out. I could die. Take these world items. Uh, protect the tomb. Because we find out Shaltir is actually one of the strongest. Yeah, the strongest. If not floor the guardian, strongest yeah. floor guardian in the entire tomb of Nazareth. So he pops back to being Momon, goes out in search of Shaltir with these other adventurers. He's not a big fan of them being along, so he kills them. Kills the adventurers that came with him. <laughs> and they were being they were being kind of douchey anyway. Like, who are you? You're nobody. We're, we're going to go. We're strong. And he's like, yeah, okay. So he kills them so that she doesn't have to or anything like that. And then we, we get to the main fight with uh, Shaltir. Yeah, these last two episodes here with uh, with the main fight with and it's, Shaltir it's are just deep fantastic. Back and forth, uh, you know, move, counter move point counterpoint that sort of stuff going on you know he's playing the entire battle kokaitis demiurge albedo watching from the tomb demiurge really angry that albedo let him go um to deal with this and she's like what am i supposed to do the supreme being said he wouldn't go they were commanded to stay back yeah and demiurge is like so what if he dies he that's it we don't have a supreme being we have our job is to keep the supreme being alive and serve him we can't let... Ooh, he's pissed. Demiurge is mad at Albedo right now. I love Demiurge. He's super not cool with this. But they're watching, and Kokaitis is like, eh, I don't think he has a chance of winning, really. Uh, the odds are not in his favor. <laughs> Demiurge is like, <laughs> not cool. But Lord Ein's actually very smart. He's pretty intelligent because um, Sheltier, being as strong as she is, has her own special magic weapon that um, gives her life every time she lands a hit on an opponent. Yeah, zap, saps him. Saps him. And yep. is able to replenish her MP. Mm-hmm. Wild. That's why she's the most powerful. And that's why Kokaitis is like, mm, like 60-40, 40 to Lord Ines. <laughs> <coughs> so they fight. And uh, Lord Ines unleashes his his skill, which has got the really great name of the goal of all life is death. Wonderful. Wonderful name. It just gave me chills. I loved it. Um, uses some super tier magic and is able to kill Shaltir. Uh, With the help of a, a shop item. A oh, yeah, shop a, item. Tons of cash items to keep switching weapons and using the weapons of his 41 or the, of the you know, the other 40 friends, the other 40 his, supreme, his beings. supreme beings that had been left to his care in the great tomb of Nazareth. He took them out for this fight just to use against her. And he kept switching them and then using these new weapons and the armor and everything else. And that kind of kept her on her toes. And that's how he was able to defeat her. Um, they resurrect her 500 million gold. It costs to resurrect her. 
you know, it works. She doesn't have any memories of, of when she was she brainwashed and no, controlled. Yeah, she has no no memory of when she was mind raped. But she yeah, but she is super guilty. She feels real bad that she ever did any of this and bippity boppity, snippity snap. Um they find out that the slain theocracy is responsible for this nonsense. Uh, Momon and uh, Nabe become adamantite rank. Adamantite rank. That was the one class are, above Mithril's adamantite rank. They are only the third adventure team in the kingdom that has reached adamantite rank. And that's, that's basically where That's we, basically the end of the season first one, season. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Um, not a waste of time. Yep. It's really good. You should absolutely watch it. It's so good. See you next time. Yep. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Isekai Pod. I hope you enjoyed it. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Isekai Pod. Find us online at isekaipod.com. And subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll hear from me again real soon. Unless you get trapped in a parallel world. Sayonara. Sayonara.